0: to Double Burst, a podcast about Dice Masters. We are a group of Utah players that want to bring you the latest Dice Masters, news, strategies, tips, and more. Whether you're a new or seasoned player, we hope this show has something for you. I'm KT Data, one of your hosts, and welcome to episode 87. In this episode, we'll be talking about our 11th card, Earth X Captain America, the immortal keyword, and wrapping it all up with the Brewing Buddies sent in from you guys. But before we do that, a quick few letters from the mailbag. All right, guys, we are here with Dr. J and the K.O. King. How you guys doing tonight? really good um it is we've gotten really good responses from our mailbag so i'm glad that we're actually able to do a mini mailbag tonight and we have three kind of letters or comments that was added in the first one was from zach pope he sent us a picture of a laser cut dupe world and he's like i laser cut this dupe world area haven't gotten a chance to use it in the game though it's way cool um zach we'll probably put it on our website so people can see it but it, that was way cool. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's pretty sweet. I like it. A dupe world. Got to play dupe, man. People got to play dupe. Yep. All right. And then so we
0: have two, letter, two other emails that came in. So the first one was from Spencer P. It says, Double Burst Team, I think the campaign boxes for Warhammer 40K is targeted to draw in Warhammer 40K players. Warhammer players seem to want to know what they're getting, like when they buy miniatures and set up their teams. I think the campaign box will be a great method to release the Warhammer 40K line. The confusion from WizKids seems to come from the line in their announcement. By shifting the focus of how players buy Dice Masters to non-blind product, I think WizKids may release the campaign boxes this time and see how they do as a test. I don't think they're going to get rid of booster packs. They make too much money off of them, and it's fun for us. Just my thoughts. Feel free to challenge. Keep up the great work, Spencer.
1: I agree so, with all that. Yeah, there's nothing in that that I, I necessarily disagree with. Um, I think it's more opinion about the idea of getting rid of uh, blind product altogether. I think that, yeah, if if moving yeah. to non-blind product doesn't work, then WizKids will go back it, to blind product and everything yeah, yeah. will be copacetic. Let's,
2: let's not forget the team packs yeah, so, with, so the, with the Warhammer, because yeah. there is one team pack that hopefully will have tons of of KO
1: abilities, oh <laughs> oh, so, just, so it's
2: titled a really good title. So yeah. hopefully, lots of <laughs> KO ability.
1: So what he, what he said there about you know the Warhammer 40k uh, things being their own self contained games, so that they can bring people in. I think that's absolutely correct. I think that's why they did that with the Turtle set, um, and yeah, I yeah. think that's why if they do more uh, new IPs in the future, they'll probably stick with that. That idea mm-hmm. of non-blind product because it does bring people in. We've seen it with the D and D releases. Uh, it always brings in a couple people in our community who love to play the D and D sets but don't like the don't comic book characters. Yeah,
0: I, I think where the confusion is, and we mentioned in our last episode that we weren't sure if they're completely switching, but it seemed kind of like that. Is they also in that same blog post they mentioned the Avengers Infinity. Um, campaign box too and that's where we're like uh, yeah yeah so there's know? a
1: marvel set that's coming out that's not going to be blind and uh, it's a whole set not just like a team pack or a starter set or something like that and so that's kind of what what makes me a little nervous i still don't like the idea of going full non-blind like spencer said we love that feel of opening packs and seeing what we're going to get you I know? know i don't like opening packs lately you just, Draft you just packs got are bad fun. pulls tonight. And honestly, I can't
2: open a 99-cent a booster with anything other than a gray stripe or a green stripe.
1: You know something? With Thor, though, that's not a problem because most of the yellow stripes in Thor are junk. So you probably pulled better cards than what you would have pulled if you pulled all rares. Yep.
0: All right. <laughs> and then so kind of going along with that packs thing. So we, we um, Seth D. also wrote, wrote in, and he actually answered our call because Russ, at the end of our last segment, asked... If anybody had kind of LCG experience, so Seth, I'm uh I had to trim down some of your email for brevity, but um, here are some of the snippets that we got out. So he said, when Android Netrunner came out as an LCG, I was hooked. I love the fact it wasn't a blind buy, but to be honest, I never got into anything into competitive playing with it. Now there are a lot of players who play LCGs competitively, but honestly, it didn't really easily lend itself to tournaments, or rather, it does, but not regular tournaments. My opinion, of course. From then on, I was a complete LCG player, played Thrones 2.0, Star Wars, and even tried a few more. Rest in peace, Star Wars, I think.
2: Um, <laughs> well, but, not till the worlds.
0: Um, but eventually, I got tired of LCGs. Sure, no one could outbuy you in game but there were, there were always a few tried and true decks that clear, that were clearly the best. It stagnates the tournament scenes. I got even bored watching online matches of the LCGs that I love so much. Fast forward today, I currently play and love d- Dice Masters. The game is fun. I honestly haven't played it competitively, but I've been able to get quite a few people into it, which is more than I can say for any LCG, and we have our own play group. We build teams and d- do drafting too, so we definitely... Uh, we'll, we will definitely be disappointed if this is the end of The Blind Buy. Dice Masters is the cheapest collectible card game I've ever played, and the, o- the only other collectible card game other than Magic I might have been uh, whoops! I I have played that has been Star Wars Destiny, and it was so pricey. I got tired of that taking all my money too. Dice Masters is so much better. Packs cost ninety nine cents. A booster box costs less than eighty dollars, and you get ninety packs. Even if you need an expensive rare and buy it as a single, the other three dice you buy will cost you like twenty five cents a pop and cool stuff. Sorry. I don't. I know I don't have to sell you guys on the game, but just throwing it out there. So the long and the short is Dice Masters is a great collectible card game. I don't mind them adding some um, living card game-like packs, but I think it will destroy a lot of their player base if they fail to keep at least some of the blind buy model. Is there any way we can sign a petition to keep the random b- buy? Because, Anne, I hopefully... I honestly never thought I'd say this. We need it to be a collectible card game for the best growth possible. There's something special about cracking a foil pack with the suspense of not knowing what treasure waits you inside. Once again, just my opinion,
2: Seth D. I think he sums up my feelings. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um. As far as like a petition or something, I think, you know, go ahead and, and take that, you know, put a petition online or, or on the, one of the Facebook pages or something and say, mm-hmm. Hey, if you want this game to stay non-blind, let Your voice be heard, and, and yeah. I'd sign a petition. Yeah,
0: because what we have seen is WizKids is they may not be the best at communicating with us, but they do listen to what the community has to say. Yeah. So, if this is a big enough issue that the community wants to, issue, to, to address, they'll, they'll see it and say, Hey, you know, we weren't totally going to go all the way, so maybe they'll even clarify a little bit more on what their plans were going to be for that.
2: Yeah, and we're yeah. not completely clear yet on yeah. if yeah, exactly. all lines are gone yeah i i mentioned it last last week with the episode i want to see different sets for each release so you're appealing to different yeah
0: i I want that rotating kind of you know the ip goes between campaign draft packs yeah
1: exactly and i don't know if i i mentioned this on the last episode or not i can't remember but uh ken posted a posted a a, an article about how magic does things and they talked about in that article how they have like four different products for different types of players of the game kitchen table players competitive players commander players or whatever dice masters i mean you could easily do that with this you could release you know the turtle sets for those kitchen table players who want that in that self-contained thing you can release you know some other fun sets for people who like more casual fun formats that aren't hyper competitive and then you can release you know the blind product for the people who are all about the competitive who love to do it draft draft packs is a great way to do that i mean there's a lot of different player types of players in this game and if you go with just one straight model then you're going to lose you're inevitably going to lose some segment of which, your player base which
2: is great cuz this game has a lot of Potential, it's it's a super unique game, and I think WizKids has a great product. Yep. So yeah. I think yeah. they'll keep adjusting mm-hmm. yeah, to and, the
1: market.
0: And plus, you know, if they release all of it, you have crazy people like me. There's probably a few of us, but there's crazy people like me who will buy everything. Yeah,
1: and Dice Masters is still a fairly young game compared to a lot of CCGs. It takes time to develop a CCG to the point where it's a trusted name. It's a trusted brand. Obviously, WizKids has done that with Hero Clicks. Um I think they can do it with this game. It's just going to take time. It's a new game. It's not the kind of game that has been made before with the dice and the cards and, and the mechanics yeah, and it
0: stands out when you play it.
1: Yeah. Out, so, so it's it's its own it's its own new game and it's going to take time to to clean it off and to make it a really really awesome you know iconic game in the board gaming world. Yeah.
0: All right. So guy um Thank you, everybody who wrote it. Keep writing in because we, ha- we have some more emails. We'll feature in the mailbag. You can do that, doubleburst at ktdata.net or leave a comment or a message on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. All right, Dr. J, I will see you in a little bit. We'll be talking about a keyword that I think both of us have grown to love. And Russ, we'll have you back in a second to a talk about a 11th card that I didn't expect you to bring up. All right, guys, we are here with the KO King. How are you doing today, my friend? Good, how are you? Um, it is time for our 11th card. So it's a card that we sometimes want to put on teams, but always ends up getting cut for some reason or not. Um, and this one that you actually brought up is a pretty interesting one to have as an 11th card. Um, it's the, a super rare, actually, from the Thor set. It's Earth-X Captain America Freedom Fighter. He's a 5-cost shield, uh, max of 1 or 2 if you're double rainbow drafting. Yeah. And uh, so his ability is Earth X, Captain America can't be blocked by villain character dice. And his other ability is one fielded. If an opponent has more life than you, gain four life. And he has an underdog ability. When fielded, you may field up to two character dice from your use pile at level one with a combined attack of four or less. So, Russ, why is this an 11th card?
2: Well, first off, I think uh, it's a super rare from Thor... So it has a pretty bad reputation just off the top.
0: Yeah, I I mean, (laughs) I I think we early discounted all of them because we just saw the underdog keyword. I'm like, well, this is not going to work.
2: Yeah, and I think it's, uh, you know, it was a five cost. It provides more when you you actually get it in gameplay. In draft, I would say if you can get this in draft, uh, I played it just because, you know, it was a super rare with two dice, max of one. But it actually is... Is really good when you can field multiple of them. You're gaining life pretty fast. Um, And that ability of gaining four life is really nice when you. Because you can use him aggressively with the. the,
0: Yeah, because he
2: can't be blocked by villain dice. And then you can also take damage knowing you can field him next
0: time. Yeah, he has has a modest attack stat at three, four, and five. Right. Like it's not going to you know, be the top priority for your opponent to block, but that can still add up pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, and with, it, with his other abilities, did you manage to get his underdog ability? to work?
2: I did. I actually, in, in all the games I've played with him, I've been able to trigger the underdog and some of that comes with, you know, playing aggressively. I like playing it with Karnak and then, you know, you can field the Karnaks and then attack inset. I think it works really well. Um, I think he's a good pair for something like collector, where you're going to pay three, you're going to gain life. You've been really on
0: that lean field kick as of late.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm with that lean field purchasing for three, you gain three life. Then you can also, if you have the underdog, gain four life. You you get a field the filled more characters. So it, and then I was actually I played it with Bifrost. And was able to trigger the rare bifrost at the same time as him, so it, it kind of
0: wait, you actually made it. that bifrost work
2: yeah I mean, <laughs> wow what, surprised, what, but, what
0: what what is going on tonight you you've just made a super rare from thor work, and the the rare bifrost from when you say work it's not just using the global right. Right. (laughs) That actual ability? You bought it and you rolled it?
2: I was able to fill the number of (laughs) characters, which was kind of nice.
0: Wow. That's... um, And I honestly, I don't...
2: (laughs) Before playing with this, I didn't think it was a great card. And I think it falls into the 11th card for me now where it's... I really want to use the ability, the life gain. I've always liked life gain. Uh, And now... You know, this gives me an attack with life gain. And then I can possibly field more characters if I time it right, which isn't that hard to do. So this is actually a, an aggressive die. That's why I think it works better in draft. In draft, I'd probably put it on a lot more teams. If I could use two dice, I, could, yeah. I would say, if you could have three or four dice of this thing, that'd yeah. be really nice.
0: You know, the day somebody manages to yeah. du- du- to double rainbow draft a super or twice. That, that would be kind of crazy, but I do like how it's just a shield. So it's not a crossover character because that, that honestly, I think limited a lot of our previous alternate earth type right. super rares was you just, it was too hard to buy. Yeah. Um,
2: and this falls in that 11th card. Cause I think a lot of people aren't going to play it. They're just not going to like it. Yeah. I was, and I think he plays better than he reads. He has three abilities, which I think is always great for any character or die. But these kind of work off each other and sure. He doesn't have the best attack stats. So that's probably another downside why he's not. So
0: you, yeah. Cause you'll want like to like add a, a buff or something with him. Right. I do actually like him if people are looking to, you know, maybe make those knobby teams and stuff. So they're probably going to be, is it the uncommon hell club that makes everything villains? Yeah, I think uh, so. Um, so like you, you pair that with that. He's, he's he's pretty... Danger room. Danger room. Okay, yeah, danger room. So that would make him... uh, Nothing can block him, right? Because everything is a villain at that point, and you could pump him through. um, And, uh, you know, I know how we talk about unblockable not being the be-all, end-all, but his stats, I think, are sizable enough where it may not be your main win condition, but give you that extra oomph you need for that final
2: push. He works really well on lean teams. Um, He's... He's a, He actually might be on my competitive team. Because yeah,
0: the biggest he, drawback is cycling him through, right?
2: Right. So he he's actually one. one I'm looking at for my competitive team. He's so just, just putting all your secrets out so people, <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> can can figure all that out. So, do you, um, so like that's kind of crazy that you did get that underdog to work because I've that ability is so hard for me to get working, especially if you're doing it early.
2: Well, in set, in a draft, this that can kind of wall up. So it's all about being lean and and you can you can afford to take attack from from players if you time it right because you can gain life so much. You actually want to be if you're at say 16 and my opponent's at 15, I want to take damage so I can go up above what I was at. So you know this kind of thing with with a collector you're you're taking three you know, and I'm always gonna have pretty much collector and maybe one or two sidekicks in the field. So and if they're not gonna have field characters, then that's fine. I'll still get the gain, the life, and you can't block with villains. So
0: Yeah, would would you consider putting maybe even a force attack on on your team? Because you can take up to that four damage.
2: It would depend on the other characters that I have. If I have you know weak characters, I wouldn't want my opponent to be able to just Force attack me, mm-hmm. so, um, and the th- three, four, five adds up when I can attack and then bring it back. Maybe add a overcrush or something to it. Maybe a proton cannon where he's going to KO. So you you attack if they don't block. Some overcrush goes through. He KOs. Then you know it, it's kind of you've got to balance though because if you're too aggressive, well then they might have more.
0: They might nice just outbody you. you
2: quickly, right? And you might just have more life than you, so you're not going to be able to get that gain life. So it's kind of interesting in that perspective, and he might not be good for life gain later. But early game, you're going to gain a lot of life if they have something that hits you really hard. Then you can gain life back up. Um, if you know it really doesn't work, if you're going to take the twenty, but if you're going to get pinged down and depending on what your win condition is, then you can gain life back up. You can take that, you know, two or three damage in a turn and gain life up. So it kind of depends on what kind of team you have. Like I said, for me, if it's the 11th card, unless I have a collector, um, he might not see a lot of plays on a bunch of teams. But on the right team, I think he's pretty good at the five cost. You know, I know I don't build like everybody else. In a lot of ways, so for me this this really fits that slot that's a little different
0: definitely give, not expected
2: but gives three different abilities, and you can always use it in different ways and like I said, at a three cost that I can field every turn, it gives me possible unblockable damage, it gives me four life, and then if I you know had a like a foot ninja in my used. I can use him to field that foot ninja, and then I have possibly two unblockable. So that's why he's going to fit onto my team, and he may fit onto many other teams, and really just want to talk about him, because I think all of us, myself included, until I I played him or played much of the super rares, didn't think much of him. I mean, Malekith is great because he has blue eyes so
0: yeah until you pull three of them in a short super rare for the rest of the set it's it's a a problem it's a a real problem (laughs) it's a real problem (laughs) all right russ thank you so much for talking about this 11th card um we will have you back a little bit later on the show for a brewing buddies that i am excited to do because it seems like it's super fun all right, guys. I am here with Dr. J. How you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing good. Um, we are here. I always get excited when we get new sets because we usually get some kind of new mechanic that we can put in. And this one is actually a mechanic that I was kind of poo-pooing at the beginning because I was like, this kind of looks more gimmicky than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is the immortal keyword. So for all of you guys who aren't familiar with the keyword, it is immortal. When a character die with a mortal would go to the use pile, except when it's purchased. Instead, add that character die to its owner's bag. Um, this card is pretty awesome. <laughs> or th- this ability is pretty awesome. Yeah, I actually really like this ability. Um, like, I, I, I think probably the three most famous immortal characters are probably going to be the Warriors three, right? Yeah, you,
1: yeah Volstagg, uh, Fandral, and Hogan are going to yeah, be cuz they 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 all
0: have their different abilities for that but the what what I like about them cuz the their uncommons have them too right uh
1: yeah. what uh, Fandrel's uncommon and the other two commons have the 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 ones that are the most obvious that work together mm-hmm. yeah yeah cuz Thandral they're not immortal. Sorry. Uh yeah, I was I'm, mistaken.
0: I'm looking at all the mortal ones
1: um yeah, the, the 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 three different abilities, they don't give you immortal, but the common Fandrel and I believe the uncommon of the other two have immortal.
0: Yeah. And and the one I actually like the most is the Volstag. He oh, has yeah. immortal and his ability his un- uncommon is Volstag cannot be blocked by lower level character dice. Oh, it is so great because you're already attacking for a three, four, five attack if if you can position it right. Right. Um and then he goes back to your bag so you have a chance of pulling him again next turn and doing it again. Yeah. Um I, I really like that. Um probably the biggest immortal character, the more I think about it, is probably the Hella is it Hella? Hella? Yeah, Hella. Uh-huh. The uncommon Hella. Yeah. Where she has immortal and then while Hella is active, your character dice have immortal. It's kinda weird that she would I well, I guess it sort of makes sense to give her the keyword. But like I don't know. It's kind of like the Angela that has infiltrate.
1: <laughs> well, it's not quite that bad. <laughs> yeah, because she's Cause, six costs. Yeah, I mean... And she, or seven costs. And she gives your... Like, the Angela gives all your other character dice in intimidate, is that what it is? Uh,
0: infiltrate, infiltrate.
1: Infiltrate, sorry. Everything... All, all, have you noticed all our favorite keywords are all, like, A, I? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but So she gives it to all the rest of them, so if she didn't have it, it would feel more balanced. Uh, but, hella, yeah, I mean her ability is she gives all of your character dice have immortal so she would have it anyway. There's I have some serious questions about how this card works though because I really really love this card and I want to build around it because it seems like so much fun. When like do your characters get immortal? Cuz immortal applies to any die that's going any die with immortal if it is going to the use pile at any time it goes into your bag, not just if you attack and it goes mm-hmm. through. So if Hella gives My sidekicks immortal. Do you know? Do my sidekicks go into my bag or do they still go to the used pile if they go through? My other if I have, say, like one other character out in the field, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Uh, let's say Wrecker in the field, and I have another one of his die that I rolled and it rolled energy, is that gonna go into my bag or does that you know, how does that work? Is it like dark side giving sidekicks swarm if one's in the field? Or is it does it work differently? I'm not exactly sure. So there's some confusion around how Hella works. But there's a few things that you can know for sure. All your character dice in the field at least have immortal, which is awesome because this works really well with the uncommon yarn bjorn from the set, the axe.
0: Uh, it goes character die you control with immortal get plus two attack and plus two defense, and gain overcrush until end of turn.
1: Yeah. So, so <laughs> awesome. Everything in your field, sidekicks, doesn't matter what it is. If you have Hella out and you get this Yarnbjorn, you, you're you pretty much attacking for lethal.
0: Yeah, what, what's crazy is even if you don't have that Hella, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at all the Immortal characters, they're already beefy before the, the plus two, plus two, and overcrush.
1: Yeah, and the big issue with Immortal is most of those characters are going to be five-plus cost to purchase I don't know if there are any four cost immortal uh, characters, are there?
0: I'm looking and I don't see one. Um I don't think so. I think they're all five. Yeah,
1: five is the cheapest you're gonna find an immortal character. So you need a way to discount those, and there's a couple of ways what, in set to that's, do it. That's
0: the great, like the more I've played with the more because when I was like, Well, this is not gonna work, they're all too expensive and and how am I gonna get all these characters? But then you start looking through what they actually put into the set to help. Like I almost think all, all the rampant and everything they put into the set was meant to just help Immortal characters. I mean, one of the Immortal characters is Heimdall. He already has the global pay a mask once per turn. You may prep two sidekicks from your use pile. That Just doing that once, you can probably buy wh- one of these Immortal characters pretty easily.
1: Yeah, well, and you think about it too, one of the, probably the most important characters in this set is going to be the rare Jane Foster, who discounts your Immortal characters by two if she's in the field. She's a two-cost character, so she's very easy to buy. She's very easy to get out into the field.
0: She's also an ally. So if you have anything that buffs sidekicks, she's yep. going to get buffed also.
1: Yep. So she's an ally as well, which is actually a huge, a huge benefit with her because she actually has zero fielding costs on every side. And that's one of my favorite things about certain allies. But anyway, she discounts all your immortal characters. So any of those five-cost immortal characters are now three. Heimdall, his six costs, they're now four. That's totally purchasable at any point. And then on top of that, if you get the rare Yarnbjorn, then that action... Yeah,
0: that one, you may purchase a character die with Immortal for three less to a minimum one and add it to your bag until end of turn on its double burst. Instead, you may purchase it for four less to a minimum one. Plus, it also has the um, Fist Energy Fixer. Yeah.
1: So good. So <laughs> if you get this Yarnbjorn, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to buy at least one it's Immortal a character. Co-
0: yeah, and it's a three cost. So, like... so. You, Sure, you're spending five energies if you get a Jane Foster and, and a Yarnborn, but now you can buy all your stupid super expensive characters fairly yeah, easily. Exactly,
1: and this is this is another place where the Hella comes into play because let's say I I bought a die like say the Wrecker and he's in the field, so he would have immortal. Do your the ones on your card Do the have that? On my card have yeah. immortal. Do they get the discount? I'm leaning towards no, but we'll have to see what Wizkid says. Because, I mean, there's so much in this set that works with Immortals that can make an Immortal team. Uh, At first first sight, Immortal looks like it's too expensive and it's not going to be useful, and it just doesn't work. Upon closer inspection, you see these Immortal characters, they can be purchased pretty easily with discounting, and they have huge buffs with each other. If you get a few of these characters out, I mean, it's going to be really hard for your opponent to deal with it. There's a Sif in the set that just gets plus three attack if Thor's in the field. Right? and if you have a discounter, it's so easy to buy a Sif and a Thor and get them out, and that Sif is scary.
0: Yeah, and and what's what's even what's even greater is if you go into the basic actions, they've even put, I think they put two basic actions into the set that specifically help Immortals. So the first one is the one that I still don't have, so if anybody has an extra one of these, <laughs> is a get the hence basic action. Deal one damage to target player or character die. If you have a car- active character die with Immortal, then deal two damage. And as the global payable, once during your turn, deal one damage to target player if you have no character dice in the field zone. So it's like, it's a Dark Avenger except for Immortal. But it's so great because you're getting your beefy characters out you could even whittle them away just by buying these, get these, get these hence cards.
1: Yeah, I actually played uh, in a draft against a guy who had this, and the funny thing was he had immortal characters on his team, and he bought all three of them really fast. Oh,
0: he did that to me too, and yeah. I'm like, great. <laughs>
1: He didn't buy the immortal character, though, so he just kept doing one damage, and I had Samantha Wilson, Uh so I was just just saving a shield, and I was reducing it, so he basically had a clogged up bag, but I was like, why is he not buying the immortal character?
0: Yeah, and then I know some people are like, well, I buy him, he still goes to the use pile. That's where, this is, like, it totally makes sense now why they have big entrance in the set. You use a big entrance. Another, yet, yet another way of discounting your expensive Immortal oh, yeah, character. Yeah. It goes into your bag. That thing's never going to hit the use pile.
1: Yeah. Can you imagine Jane Foster and big entrance on your team? You're buying Heimdall for, what, three and putting him in your bag? It's ridiculous how much discounting is in this set. Another great card that works well with it that I wouldn't have noticed on at first glance is... Uh, Lindsay Lohan, um, Pe- pepper, pepper Pots. Pepper
0: Pots. Oh, guys, we need you to solve this. The discussion we've had: Does the Pepper Pots look like Lindsay Lohan before she went crazy, or does she not? I
1: totally we, think she looks we, it looks like Lindsay Lohan. Like that's the first thing I thought <laughs> when I saw it. And everyone who's like she doesn't look like Lindsay Lohan, I'm like you guys are crazy.
0: Yeah, so so shoot us an email, let us know. Um, maybe we'll put a poll or <laughs> something. That's
1: but, but that's a side note. so again, with her ability like Yeah, so her ability, you'd basically draw an extra die at the beginning of your clear and draw step, which tells me you draw it first. And then if it's a sidekick, you keep it, and you roll it with your other four dice that you draw that turn. So that's giving you a little bit of ramp every turn. Go
0: buy a five-cost Immortal character. Yeah,
1: and she's, again, a two-cost character that's going to give you five... that could potentially give you five dice every turn. And if you have, you know... And, and so these Immortal characters that look so expensive and cost-prohibitive to play can actually be bought very easily in this set. Um, And that's not just draft. I mean, if you want to build an immortal team, I think that would be really, really strong. That could be a really strong team.
0: Yeah, and I I, I remember when I actually was looking at this keyword, I'm like, what if I'm going to run into that situation where my bag, all I'm pulling is immortal characters. How am I going to field them all? How am I going to, you know, I'm going to get too worried about that. And after playing it, it really doesn't matter that
1: much. Plus, because it's an going back, common Jane Foster that makes all your immortal characters field for free. Oh yeah. So, so I mean, if that's your big concern, that's taken care of as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, but even if you roll at energy, the more I got used to that, I'm like, okay, it's fine. It's going into my bag at at the start of my next turn. So yeah, cool. nobody
1: <laughs> cares about paying a two co- two fielding cost or even a three fielding cost for a character with massive stats that's just going to be a threat to your opponent. I mean immortal The immortal team to me feels a lot like the Superman Jimmy Olsen team, where once you get those discounts out there, you're basically buying these massive characters for next to nothing and you're just flooding your field with giant characters. You buy a yarn bjorn after that, and there's nothing your opponent's going to be able to do to stop that. they're not going to have the stats to stop all that overcrush damage from coming through so there's just it it just to me seems like we totally overlooked this at the beginning, and now it seems like a really strong, fun team to play.
0: Yeah, the one card that I wish I could use, but it makes sense why they have it as the seven cost, is the rare Odin, where it says, when fielded, draw three dice. Field any drawn character dice with Immortal at level three for free. Add the rest to your use pile. Because <laughs> like, really I'm like looking at the stats for most of these Immortal characters, and they're like 7-7, uh, like seven, seven, 5 eight.
1: Eight eight. Yeah. Just he doesn't have immortal, so you can't discount him to buy him. But uh, but I, I think that's perfectly fair because how broken with Immortal. No, for, sure. for sure. Another card that is kind of like that kind of frustrated me a little bit was uh, the common Jane Foster, and her ability is when she's KO'd you can field a Thor character from your used pile on the same level that she was on. But a lot of the Thors have immortal. And so you can't use those ones because they'll never be in your use pile after, you, <laughs> except for when you purchase them. <laughs> so you have to use other Thors with her so she doesn't actually work with Immortal. And so there, there are a few things in this set you got to look out for. But uh, Loki was another interesting one that I liked. Um, he. Uh, are you looking at the Uncommon? No, that's that's kind of an immortal counter. Yeah, we can there, talk a little bit yeah,
0: about those. Yeah, there's a couple counters, which I think was interesting.
1: Yeah, but the common Loki, he has immortal as well, but his ability is while he's active, whenever a global ability is used, any player may pay a bolt to cancel it. So it's kind of like a weird yeah, global how do you feel? while you're active yeah, thing.
0: Yeah, Zach but I'm i really to use your globals now
1: <laughs> i just really like that ability <laughs> on loki and he's a 5 cost so again if you've got a discount or something you can get a character with some, oh, some pretty big defense I, stats i i, in I, your I field. just
0: thought of something too um this loki is a bolt character and you you know how like put him on a a bolt ring team and you know how there's a lot of counters now um what was the global that i got decimated with um that, that cancels your when attacks damage. Uh,
1: oh, uh, oh, 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 um, uh, long live the resistance. Yeah, long
0: live the resistance. Mm-hmm. So you already have these bolts sitting in a reserve pool, so you could use those to cancel. Yeah.
1: <laughs> cancel their yeah. their counter. You could use it to cancel, uh, well, people could also use it to cancel, like, blink transmutation if you're trying to pull characters back. So I don't know. It could also have some, some drawbacks because this does let your opponents use it as well. Um, but still... He's an amazing... He's a, got really good defensive stats for a character. You can buy him for three if you get Jane Foster. So, really, just get the Jane Foster. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I'm still hunting for that rare Jane Foster. I think I need that, too. Killer. Like, she's so awesome. She is a killer um, yeah, combo and, for and, any Immortal team. And,
0: like, I've noticed even some of these high-cost Immortal ones, it even allows you to ramp even more, because, like, Heimdall, when fielded, draw and roll, one die for each character die with Immortal in the field zone.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> My, my goodness. <laughs> you like, shouldn't yeah, have problems cycling solid, through your bag ever. Heimdall, yeah. <laughs> pretty much all the Heimdalls are going to let you churn through your bag a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, that one that one stands out as being probably the best one <laughs> of them all. Also, you've got all the, the three guys. So when, like, Fandral, when he attacks target uh, the opposing character die at the highest purchase cost most block him.
0: Oh my gosh. That guy and using the um, the Volstagg that goes yeah. through so good. It is so good because 90% of the time that highest character is probably going to
1: be the one on level three and then Volstag just goes through and I, I love it. <laughs> OK. So there actually is one four cost immortal character the uncommon oh. Hogun. So his ability is awful when fielded target opponent preps a die from their bag. So not amazing.
0: So you would want to probably use that with, uh, what was that Tomb of Annihilation card?
1: Tabaxi Rogue. Yeah, Tabaxi Rogue. Oh, that could be fun, yeah. (laughs) Force them to draw and then take damage. Um, But the other version of him, the rare, is also Immortal. He's a five cost. When fielded, all players prep two dice from their bag. If at least one of the dice you prepped was a character die with Immortal, prep an additional die. So he would actually work well with that Tabaxi Rogue as well. Plus, he fits well on an Immortal team, so you can draw some dice out, and if you get an Immortal character, you get to draw more. Um, and that's one of the this, one of the things that I was skeptical about Immortal at first was I felt like my bag was going to be so clogged with yeah, all these Immortal yeah. characters. But there's answers to that in the set. A lot of these Immortal characters have ways to deal with that, like Heimdall letting you draw dice and prep them, Hogan letting you draw dice and prep them, and if you draw Immortal characters, you get bonuses for it and in the past it's always felt like those kind of abilities were kind of janky and didn't work well you know like draw die out of your bag if it's a villain do this well that never worked because your bag had eight sidekicks in it and one villain and you never drew the villain but now you have all these immortal characters that are constantly in your bag so i think those abilities are going to be more useful now um so Yeah, there's a lot of interesting combos in this set I think we haven't seen yet, but I think Immortal's a really strong keyword.
0: Yeah, I I really like it, and now I kind of want to... We've been talking about that Tabaxi Rogue. I kind of want to build a Tabaxi Rogue slash Immortal team. I've been
1: thinking (laughs) about that. That (laughs) might have been my favorite card from Doom of Annihilation, (laughs) and building a Tabaxi Rogue team could be fun.
0: Yeah, maybe I got to send it in. I I hear there's a show that does a segment that helps you brew stuff. Maybe I'll... I'm not
1: sending in more of your (laughs) suggestions to the show. (laughs) Especially, especially, I listened to that earlier today, and I was like, "What? You can't. You can't submit your
0: own ideas. I can when our queue is empty, but our queue's not empty anymore. Thanks, guys. So we'll
1: we'll be getting yeah. to those. Can so we do my worry. brewing buddy segment, which will just be can we brew counters to Kevin's team that we brewed for him?" It's just... So that way I can...
0: Well, it just be like, use your voodoo magic so I can't roll characters like we, <laughs> like the other day we were playing. And it's great. That's right? amazing. Um, so, yeah, before we go, we should probably talk about some of the counters. Um, oh, yes. Like, I think all the Thorbusters are, are counters
1: to Yes, Immortals. they are killers for Immortal. Actually, one of the ones that I played with was the uncommon Thorbuster Iron Man. Um, I played with this in in a draft because I knew there's just so much Immortal in this set. And... It didn't work for me just because I could not get him on level three ever. Um, but even then, I mean, he's still pretty solid. So he costs one less to purchase for each active character die with immortal to a minimum of two. So if your opponent gets immortal characters out, he's really he can be really cheap to buy. Plus, he's got a global pay two masks. Once during your turn, target opposing character die with immortal and target character die you control, deal damage equal to their attack to each other. So you basically pay two masks to have him knock out one of their uh, pesky immortal
0: characters. Because he's a 5-6-7 attack.
1: Yes. The problem is is his defense. He's a 3-4-7 defense, and I could never get him on level 3 to keep him (laughs) in the field field. when I used the ability. Um, And he was just being pesky and wouldn't roll.
0: His rare is pretty good, too, because it counters a lot of things. So it's while Thor oh, yeah. Thorbuster, Iron Man is active, character die with Immortal get negative four attack. So that overcrush, not so much overcrushy anymore.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> it totally, like, nerfs Immortal right there. I mean, Sif gets plus three attack if she's with Thor. Minus four is worse than what her attack was initially. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it just kills immortal Yeah, and,
0: and the other one that actually nerfs it too is the uncommon Loki. He's a five-cost bolt. While Loki is yes. active, character dice with immortal deal only one damage. So you're not over-crushing anything ever.
1: Yeah, that Loki <laughs> is solid in a draft. You'll probably never play with him in constructed <laughs> ever. But if, but if you have a, a mortal heavy meta... Load one of these in; it's gonna yeah. wreck days. Yeah, I don't know that anyone will have an immortal heavy meta. It'll be a fun team to play with, but in draft or in an in set thing, that Loki and th- those two Thor Buster Ironmans, I would probably take on any team if it's a Thor set.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. um Jared, thank you so much for talking about immortal. I uh, like this keyword just. Like, it totally exceeded my ex- expectations. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I got a chance to play with it. And we want to hear about from you guys, what, what have you guys done with the Mortal teams? Let us know by shooting us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leaving it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. And you never know, it might make it into our new mini mailbag segment. All right, guys, we are back with Dr. J and the K.O. King, and it is time for another Brewing Buddies. This one was sent in by Chris C., um, and I, I think this one's a fun one. So his, uh, what he said is, Hey, guys, I've been bouncing ideas around for this card ever since it came out, but I cannot seem to find anything playable outside a very casual team. The card I'm talking about is the Kiln, or the Kylan, if you're me, powered by the Crunch. It is a very interesting card that seems like it would be powerful on the right team, but the best I can come up with um, with is using a combination of the common green devil mask from Tomb of Annihilation um, and the question, find the answer from the Batman set. What are your thoughts on making this card
2: more competitive? Signed, the Frosty Ood. Well, two of those cards are on my competitive team, so...
1: What's the main card we're talking about? I'm sorry. The, I wasn't the listening. Kylan.
2: The, oh,
0: Kylan. the kiln. Yeah.
1: The kiln. I, I remember this. I picked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um,
0: his the kiln that we were talking about is the Powered by Crunch, which is the rare. It's a four-cost shield. It says, continuous. At the start of each player's turn, that player moves a character die from the field zone under the kiln. At the end of each player's turn... Um, a, at the end of each player's turn, there are if there are more, are five or more dice underneath the kiln, send it to the use pile and return all character dice under the kiln to the field zone.
1: Well, what was the name of the listener that sent this in?
0: Um, the Frosty
1: Ood. The Frosty Ood. Yeah. Wait. So I'm. Oh, conf- you picked a really challenging card for us to to so brew I'm with. I, so this one's the, hard. So if
2: if Jared and I are playing, uh huh, at the end of each
1: turn. At the start of each start of turn. Start of each turn. So would your dice go under my kiln? No, no, no. All the dice are gonna go under the same kiln. So I put one kiln die out. Right. At the start of your turn, you put a die under. At the start of my turn, I put a die under. You, you put a die under until there's five, and then once there's five, the kiln goes to the use pile and they all go back to the field.
2: Okay, <laughs> so
1: so this is
2: I think you would want to use this similar to the what way you use. Um, I, I like
0: how the, I like the, how he put the green devil mask in there because it's dirty. It's kind of dirty since if you if you can time it right, the your opponent should have more characters. Under, under the kiln. Yeah, then you. And then you. So when those characters come back, they got to re-roll them anyways.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you know what this actually would be fun with? And, and Ken, you know, obviously he, he's upset that the satchel is completely nerfed and can't play with it anymore. This would work pretty well <laughs> yeah. on a satchel team because it's a continuous diet sitting in the field. And if your opponent fields any characters, they're going under it. So you're taking them out of play. And... If you field multiple kiln dice, is it just characters go under there? How do you choose which which kiln to put the dice under if you well, wouldn't you have to dice? Dice. do both uh yeah, I guess they would both trigger, huh? yeah, yeah, that would be weird. So you could basically empty their field and almost make it so that neither of them would fill up, and then <laughs> you would basically be trapping them under like if you got three kiln dice out. It, you'd have to take fifteen characters before it it released about you know, it's not a perfect number system, but you know, you'd be taking so many of their dice out of the field. And if you had no characters in the field, They're they're oh that that could be dirty yeah and
0: uh, and the more we actually talk about so it has to be characters right yeah it's it's character character dice
1: character dice in the field
0: yeah and I I I do the more I I read read this ability over and over it is so thematic because the the kiln it's a prison right so it's just sucking why can't this one be
1: named intergalactic prison (laughs) or pangalactic prison pangalactic prison right
2: so you could also use it I'm thinking that the other way you could use this ability in your favor is to clear one of your characters out of the field and protect them under the kiln. Does that make sense? Like if you're using that new six class global where you get to put one of their guys back on the card, if your character is under the kiln, they can't do that. Right.
1: Yeah. But I, I don't like that because it's harder to control when your dice come back out. I think it'd be easier to use, a global to remove them from the field or something rather than an action die to put it under because basically you and your opponent both have control over when this thing triggers. Not really because if I play white tiger global,
2: I'm forcing them to put a sidekick in the field before their turn. So when it would, Turn to them. Their sidekick goes
1: under. But you're the kiln. also giving them a sidekick they can put under it instead of maybe a more important character that they have in their field. I think what you'd want to play with this with is something that clears sidekicks out of your opponent's field, so they're forced to put non-sidekick characters under the kiln. That's how I. That's how I see it played. Another way that I see this played is with uh, Malakith, the Super Rare Malakith. So you get that global, so it's uh, less expensive to buy because the four cost. It's kind of a turn off to me. Uh-huh. If you can make that cheaper, I think it would be worth it. It would be more worth it.
0: Yeah, I think the other one that actually might work, and this may be a hidden gem later on, is the uncommon basilic from Tomb of Annihilation. Because then you get a pick which character is going to block that basilic, that turn, Basilisk. Oh, yeah. So, and it has Deadly, so you're going to knock that out of the field. Whoop. And then, Whoop. Like, you know, kind of force, you know, you could make a sidekick block that and then force the big character. So, how many characters have to yeah. be yeah. under
2: there? Five. five okay, so, five. so what happens in a, g- <laughs> in a game scenario if you have two of those out, maybe three, mm-hmm. you use Malekith to get them, so you kept buying them cheap, <laughs> you white tiger, and you take all of their dice away.
0: R- R- Russell's taking your backburn idea too. No, no. this
1: is that's basically what I did because you could take all of what I did with Adam Warlock was I took all of their dice and they captured them and they could not get them back that's I think what you would have to build around if you're building for this with this card and I think I think this card could make the satchel a playable team because if you get a few of these out it doesn't matter if they have Scarlet Witch or Bishop stopping you from doing damage because those are going to eventually get sucked underneath the kiln and they're taken out of play. So what you what you need to do is you would need to time it so that you could field multiple kiln dice at the same time. So you'd have Malekith. Yeah. First two purchases are two of these
2: kilns, maybe chalkboard one, but then start white tigering because the white tiger is going to force the sidekick underneath. Mm-hmm. And then you start bleeding them. You don't. You would have to have a way to get rid of your sidekick, which Malakith could do because you're going to. Yeah, you, KO.
1: Can your, you could field, knock out your own character,
2: right? Which they may do as well. So you kind of have to counter if or they you play. They could use an energy fixer or something, right? If they played the same style to avoid it, but the first time you play them, they're not gonna. They're not gonna know that you. Yeah. Now I kind of want to try it and take away, <laughs> all of it. and then you put Green Devil Mask in in your field. Yeah, so when they get so if they, so get, so when them they back, get them, they've got to roll. Right, them.
1: And see, and that's just, why I'm saying this would work well on a satchel and team then because you go Green scratchel. Devil Mask is a continuous action. This is a continuous action, and this gets around so many of the problems that the satchel team had before. So I think if you're going to play the kiln, this version of the kiln, you got to play an all action satchel team, maybe one or two characters, but they're going to get sucked under the kiln. So maybe an all-action satchel team would, would actually work I'm really interested in that you get Malakith, right? But you go
2: turn one, turn two, ideal rolls, turn one, turn two, kiln. You've
1: chalkboarded one. Mm-hmm. You get those out. You start white-tigering. So you're taking their sidekicks early, early in the game. Taking them early. So they have fewer dice. But you're thinning their bag. You have to take more than... Four sidekicks in order to make it really work.
2: And if they purchase, then they won't be able to white tiger you. Right? So if they decide to purchase, it's gonna cost them the ability to counter your play. And then I have and then you get Green Devil mask, and then they're gonna try to trigger one of them to come out. Then they re roll those. So you've kind of set this kind of tempo going. Yeah. I'm really interested yeah. to try
0: this. I also like like for a basic action that you may want to try is the, remember that guardian of faith The the yeah. um, the continuous whenever you could use a global build you can send this die to the use pile to have a target level one attacking character considered blocked without the character die because you know that that oh, yeah. that may be one way because somebody they might just field an attack field an attack so you have this. That helps the satchel because it's another continuous action die and kind of have a pseudo-blocker that's ready to go.
1: So I I have a rules question here. I don't know how I'd rule on this. Let's say I get three of these kiln in the field. On my opponent's turn, they have more than one character in the field. Who decides which kiln (laughs) the die goes under? Is it the person whose turn it is? Do they pick first which kiln to put their dice under? Or is it the person who owns the kiln who decides, okay, that one is going to go under this kill, and that one's going to go under I would, that. Kiln. I would say, at, because it would turn
2: over to me, so I would get to choose. But that's still,
0: I would have to say the active player. Yeah, but it's still going
1: to be bad. The person right? whose turn it yeah. is, right? Yeah. Okay, so that or
0: just have a cage match. You and
1: know. and this is what I'm thinking about it. Right, if you get three of these out and the person keeps putting their dice under one of them until that fills it up it goes to the, the use pile and the next turn they have to put two of those dice under separate kilns because they have to trigger the ability yeah, twice they're, they're right there. they have to be they always have to be separate but here's the thing so
2: it would have a i think it would even have a trickle down effect so let's say i have three kilns let's get crazy i have three kilns right uh-huh so i put one under one all of a sudden my five characters come out then the next one triggers, so I have to put one
1: under there, and then I have to put one under the other. Oh, so I only yeah. have three characters in the field. Yeah, and then the next turn, there's two more that are going under them, and you, by that, by the time those fill up, you can get another kiln out, and hopefully a fourth kiln. <laughs> Four. I mean, I mean, finally. it's the kind of game. It's the kind of play style where you're you're slowing your opponent down, and then eventually it's getting to the point where they won't be able to have enough dice to stop you from taking all of their... Yeah, stuff. Well, that's it's like what a I mean. If you, two kilns, yeah, exactly. if you get two kilns out there fast,
2: it is in the vacuum of space, the <laughs> kiln is. If you get two kilns out there, you're basically, odd as it sounds, unless you have a satchel, your wind condition is burning him to death. Yeah. Because you're going to... Your play style would be to make sure you don't put characters in the field, but they do. You're forcing them to put characters in the field... And if you get a leg up on them before they know what's going on, you could literally cause all of their sidekicks to be gone. You've created a Dice Master's Black Hole. I kind of want to try
1: (laughs) that. I do like your idea with White Tiger. You do have to have a way to get your sidekicks out of the field, whether that's attacking and having them get knocked out or using a global to knock them out. But you can't, I think if you're playing this card and you're going to play it effectively, you can't let any of your characters fill up those cells yeah, so you got, you fill gotta, up those yeah, cells you in the prison you yeah. have to make sure those are all reserved for your opponent's dice uh, but i think that if you get this thing going a little bit it's just going to snowball and continue to stay in your favor another sweet thing about this shriek does nothing to it <laughs> yeah so and you can take their shriek even too you can take their shriek <laughs> <Just> rare blob <laughs> could stop this that's something to be aware of so now you want to get this out before they get their blob this would out.
2: have to be this is kind of one of those things I think. Once people figure out, you could counter, and you couldn't just throw energy fixers on to get rid of your sidekicks because then they're gonna. Except for sight.
0: And those energy are energy fixers one, one, one your on your turn, right? Turn, yeah. So
2: yeah. you could you could use you could use that. You could use White Tiger and that, but if your opponent has figured
1: it out, then they can use White Tiger against you. Right? Yeah. So you probably I don't know that I would choose White Tiger. I would basically put them on the spot and say, okay. If you don't want to field your characters, don't field your characters. I couldn't care less. Because your win condition is to field some character, and if you don't want to field them so they don't get sucked under the kiln, great. I'm okay with that. I'll have these kilns be empty as long as you don't put anything in the field. You're still getting what it is that you want to do. You want to keep their, em- their field empty and want to keep them from going on any kind of yeah, offensive See, but
2: it you. wouldn't be terrible if you trigger it. At the right, if you have Green Devil Mask, and they have... Two characters in the field, two under the kiln. Sure, I'll make I'll take my sidekick, put it under the kiln. You're gonna have to reroll your characters, and I've got my stuff. So you could time it to where you're gonna benefit from putting your stuff under the kiln, so there has to come out. Yeah, yeah. I wish, were, I wish there was card. like a, a
1: a card or an ability that that forced your opponent to field besides. Uh, white tiger, but I can't think of anything in this game. Maybe, it, maybe
0: it's there. coming in a 40k campaign box. Maybe
1: force your opponent to field something from the use pile. I, I would like love,
0: I, I would love it if the 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 Russ um, team pack was just all like forcing the field and like opposite of KOing.
1: Just, yeah, just...
2: you know what would be interesting is, <laughs> and it wouldn't work, but I would really want to try to put Krang in something with this with <laughs> oh, the sidekicks. So if they keep sidekicks, then the sidekicks are going in
1: the bag. What if what, if, if it, they're fielding them, they're going under the kiln. So what are some counters to this? What are some? Is there anything that lets you re-roll action dice in the field or ways to get action um, dice out of the field? What 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 can stop artist. this?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: In modern, let's let's try uh, modern. Bleas. there's please, please um, Yeah, please. If you have nobody ever plays that. If though, you have any kind of
0: direct damage that wears. Spider, I think, would be able to cancel it, right? Rare spider,
1: yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Speeder. spider. If if you were using if, well, I mean, is it a counter? Because it's just going to get sucked into the kiln and then it's gone. I think the counter would have to be the counter play has to be a, a character yeah, it has with a, to be and how you play around it. You would need character a character with a fielded ability that 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 helps you or. A character or an action that that could help you. It can't be a character with a wild active effect because any of those are just going to get sucked under the kiln. So I think the blob might be the best counter to this. The rare blob because it stops you from fielding whatever die. And if they pick the kiln, then you can't field it. But if you field it first, the blob can get sucked under it and then the, you can the, field more the
0: rare a... Billy Club could kind of counter this. Oh wait, no, it's only character die. So yeah, yeah it's it only that. characters. Yeah.
1: So. There's not a, there's not a lot of strong counters. I think a rush team that can deal you a lot of damage before you get your kilns going could stop you. So maybe I think put, you would need
2: Malekith a, on your team to make sure the kilns cheaper. Yeah, because the
1: four cost for a kiln isn't. I don't think. And I work. might I might put something like a Blink Transmutation Global or something to stop your opponents from dealing you damage or from just attacking to get your get their characters out of the field. You could use blink transmutation oh. to trap them in the field so that on the next turn, those characters get sucked. Under I, the I kill. thought
0: you hated that global.
1: I do hate that global. <laughs> it would work amazing on this team. You might actually also want to use a force attack global to get things like sidekicks, to get out to get sidekicks out of the field zone or like a magic missile to ping out sidekicks so the important characters are going underneath the kiln. And I think you're gonna want to stick you're gonna want a global heavy team because you're not fielding any characters. So you're gonna have all those sidekicks as energy. Get those sidekicks under the
2: kiln, then use rare Mr Fix It to KO something and put stuff in the bag. That's what I would (laughs) want.
1: I kind of (laughs) want to totally
2: mess with their whole but I I do want to try to Suck away all their dice and be like, "It's your turn."
1: Could you imagine getting four kilns out? Like, even if one of them filled up, I don't think it would help them because the next turn they're just getting spread. Or that very turn, the turn that it it maxes out. What is the max well, die well, the on the kiln? Is, four. Okay. This is this is the thing that because I'm thinking, you could right? literally take all their dice away. Yeah. So if this is what I'm thinking, if you have four kiln dice out, right, and you've got three of them have two characters underneath and one of them has a fourth. Their choices are put their, put their last character underneath the one with five clear, like that one busts open. So the five come back and then they put three of them underneath the other ones that each have two. So now they have three kilns out with three dice underneath it each, or they put it underneath one of the other ones because they don't want all those dice to get take retaken. I, I, that's just a terrible, like (laughs) catch 22, I love this I love this card now. Like I really want to yeah, try I, I really yeah. want to try See, this team. Yeah, that, that's
2: why I told you It'd when would be so much fun. Uh, yeah, when we were... you, would, you know what? Honestly, what you would you would want on your team like a please, Just in case. Like if they start to take all your dice that you have the counter to the kiln. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, put it put it on there so that if you need to right. get a kiln out of the field, you could. I think the better plan is to just build around it so that your dice never go underneath the kiln and don't ever put characters in the field. Because if you ever put a character in the field, it's going to go under the kiln or the kiln's going to bust open. But if you do if you do White Tiger, you have to have
2: a way to KO sidekicks. But yes, then you do. The, but then they're going to do the same thing. But if you had a Bleeze oh. and... But listen, if you had a Bleeze and a... Green Devil Mask, mm-hmm. and they had four under one kiln. You could play Bleez and make them re-roll those characters.
1: That, that <laughs> would be pretty gross. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's so, so much dirty stuff you could do. I think Green Devil Mask is a, is a must on this team. I, I, like, I like where you're going with White Tiger. I don't know that it's necessary. But there's some really fun stuff with this team. I want to try it out.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so big thanks to the Frosty Oud for sending this. Like when we were preparing, I told you this is going to be a fun one. Like,
2: I, this I, is a fun yeah, one. I, I,
1: I liked it. So, if you I'm got- very
2: <laughs> interested in trying to see if you can <laughs> steal all your opponents'
1: dice, you can't steal them all because they have 28 dice and you can only take 20. But if you, no, you can't even take 20. Here's the, most the thing, you though. Is 16 Think about dice. it, though. If you get on top of it,
2: they will. They won't have enough to purchase stuff. So
1: you're slowly just bleeding them no, dry. No, no, no. As long as they don't feel anything, they could keep using that. White idea. tiger. I'm telling you, white tiger starts to just it's, suck it's, the life it's gonna, out of them. I think. I think there's a counter in there where your opponent can use it against you, and it's going to make it much harder. It's not going to be worth it. That's what I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so 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 yeah. We need to test yeah. this out. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but we'll just end up building a team and test it against itself and then we won't have a valid valid <laughs> data. Hey, like uh, like this, this team sucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so big thanks to the frosty Ud for sending that in. If you guys want to send in your suggestions for brewing buddies, and you know, I, I appreciate all the guys who who sent um, us in. Keep sending those in. Um, we always like having a backlog, um, so that way we can give you fun teams put together like this. Um, you can always do that double burst at ktdata.net or on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash double Burst. Guys, thank you so much. Um, this, this, was an, this was an awesome Brewing Buddies, and now I can't wait to see which one of you guys builds the better um, Rare Kylan team. And that's it for this episode of the Double Burst Podcast. We would love to hear from you guys. What do you guys think about the immortal keyword? And have you considered Earth-X Captain America for your team? Shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Check out doubleburst.com for past episodes, places to subscribe, and cool player resources. If you guys are looking for a dice storage solution, check out Complete Craftworks on kickstarter.com. Alex just barely launched this project, and if you're looking for a cool way to store your dice, check out Complete Craftworks on Kickstarter.com. Big thanks to everybody who listens to the show, everybody on the team appreciates it, and until next time, my friends, may your dice rolls be ever in your favor.